Welcome back to Word Balloon, the comic book conversation show. John Suntress here, really excited about today's show because uh, finally, after many years of uh, hoping to talk to this guy and meeting him at a comic book convention, I finally have the opportunity to talk with the wonderful artist Mark Simpson, who we all know as Jock. Uh, this is an amazing artist from England. If you're not aware of his work, let me rattle off some uh, wonderful uh, credits that to his name. He and Andy Diggle back in the day, uh, co-created The Losers for Vertigo. What an incredible run. They also did a great Green Arrow Year One, uh, whose influence you can see on the television show. Uh, he and Scott Snyder and Francesco Francavilla all did the wonderful book Batman the Black Mirror, an amazing story about uh, Dick Grayson taking over the Batman role. Bruce Wayne's not even in this story, if you don't remember. Dead, but uh, or presumed dead. And uh, Dick has taken over the role and has to face uh, the son of uh, James Gordon Jr., and what an incredible book, both artistically and uh, story-wise. Uh, really, uh, you know, the three, the three of them really just made something exceptional. Uh, he and Scott Snyder have gone on to uh, co-create Witches uh, from Image Comics. In fact, uh, they're getting back to Volume 2 uh, in the months ahead, which is great. And uh, Jock on his own uh, even did a Savage Wolverine story for Marvel. And, uh, you know, uh, we also talk about his uh, conceptual artwork for films uh, like Dread and Ex Machina, all represented in this book, The Art of Jock. Will Dennis does the text for the book, and by the way, he's on this interview as well, and it's great to welcome Will back. Uh, Will, of course, was uh, Jock's editor for uh, The Losers, and also on, uh, you know, Scalped, he got Jock to do covers for uh, that wonderful series from uh, Jason Aaron and uh, R.M. Guerra. So uh, it's, it's a great opportunity to talk to these guys about this wonderful book, but also about Jock's career. So uh, let's, uh, you know, you can buy the book, by the way. It's available uh, starting tomorrow, Tuesday, September 20th, but it's available for pre-order at Amazon.com. And uh, also, while you're uh, thinking about Jock, we can also talk about some of the great uh, other uh, trade paperbacks that uh, are available with uh, Jock's uh, art uh, from InStock Trades at InStockTrades.com. The loser trade paperbacks are all in uh, ARC form, and you can get things like uh, the second ARC, Double Down, for 45% off, just $7.12. You can get Trifecta, a wonderful story, for uh, 45% off, $8.24. The Black Mirror is also available in uh, hardcover, 45% off. Again, Scott Snyder, Jock, and Francesco Francavilla. It is $19.24. They've collected the losers in two hardcover volumes, and book two is available at 45% off, $13.74. Also, Witches, uh, the first arc of Scott Snyder and Jock's creator-owned book, is available for 45% off, and it's just $5.49. Check out all the great deals at InStockTrades.com. Uh, they are waiting for you with uh, great value, great books at great values. InStockTrades.com. Word Balloon is also brought to you by the League of Word Balloon listeners. Thank you, League, for your support. Um, I, I have a couple new uh, people that uh, subscribe to Word Balloon. Uh, recently, thank you very much. Uh, they're doing it via Patreon. If you go to wordballoon.com and you look on the front page, uh, there's uh, an explanation of uh, what I'm doing. You don't have to subscribe to Word Balloon, but if you think what I'm doing is worthwhile and you want to help support the cause, you know, as I say, can you spare a dollar a month? Think of all the hours of uh, Word Balloon Entertainment I give you each month with these great interviews and uh, through the cooperation of these wonderful creators, uh, and compare that to how much you pay for a comic book, and uh, you know. The, is, is, it, is it worth the price of a comic book? Is it worth a dollar a month? 
If you could even do that, that's terrific. If you can't, don't, you know, I know kids are listening that are still students, and uh, I would not ask you to uh, spend money you don't have. But if you can afford it and you think uh, the entertainment is worthwhile, I appreciate the support. And as always, thank you, League of Word Balloon listeners. I've got uh, content from Cincinnati Comic-Con that uh, the uh, Patreon subscribers will first listen to before the Word Balloon audience. And uh, I look forward to uh, presenting that this week as well. But today it's all about Jock. It's all about Will Dennis. And it's great to have them on talking about the art of Jock from Mondo. It's uh, a great book. It is worth your attention and your money. And I'm happy to talk about it with Will and Jock now on Word Balloon. I have literally been waiting years for this, and I'm so glad uh, to finally have this opportunity. I'm welcoming back Will Dennis to Word Balloon and uh, very pleased to uh, finally have Jock on a Word Balloon episode. Welcome, guys. Uh, thank you. Hey. Great to hear you both, and uh, congratulations on the new project, The Art of Jock. It's a gorgeous art book, and uh, very revealing and uh, answers a lot of questions in terms of where you came from and, and where you are today with uh, with your work, Jock. I, I love the presentation, so congrats on both of you. Thanks very much. Thank you. Yeah, we're, we're really... Uh, you know, we work with Mondo on this and Insight, and the, the Mondo makes such such beautiful things that, that I knew that at the very least the book was was going to be well put together. But I, I kind of said all along that, that the only thing that should let it down are basically my drawings. <laughs> <laughs> you know, my writing, though, filed by. Oh, oh well, yeah, well, yeah. But then Will's writing came along and, and, uh, and <laughs> took it took took it down another notch. Your poster work, Chuck. You've been you've been doing this for Mondo. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I met those guys probably about um, maybe five or six years ago. Um, a friend of mine, Ollie Moss, was was doing uh, some work with them, and, and he, he introduced us. And uh, I started off doing a, a few small sort of horror movie posters like Zombie Flesh Eaters and uh, Last House on the Left. Um, and then I got the Dark Knight Rises, and, and been doing you know a bunch of posters since then. Man, I'll tell you, the the movie posters are great, and uh, it's funny. I'm going to ask you about collaborating with Francesco Francavilla later, but I, I really sure. hadn't seen them since the book came out. And uh, they they really are fun. And, and honestly, yeah, I've, I've, I've seen some stuff, like some of the tie-ins to Dark Knight Rises and things like that. But yeah, the full-fledged like movie poster stuff just, it, it knocked me out. It's it's terrific. Um, is there oh, a different... Go ahead. You. Yeah, and I was just going to ask... No, no, no. Yeah, I was just going to ask, is there a different frame of mind doing a movie poster versus, say, cover art? Because that's the closest comparison I can think of. Yeah, there is, to be honest. Um, there is. I remember when, when I first, the first couple of posters for Mondo that I did, I mean, you know, they're, they're silk screen prints, so they're kind of like 24 by 36 most of the time. They're, they're big posters. And the first couple that I did, I, I handled them more like... Um, uh, like, like I would a comic cover and then uh, yeah it, it wasn't until after then that I actually saw one of these physical prints and they're so beautiful you know they're, they're, they're not like a, like a printed comic cover there because they're silkscreen printed you know the ink is much more vibrant it's more like paint really rather than kind of you know, you know the printing that you get in, in published magazines and um uh, and and I realised how that had you know with the size and everything you, you could you could do so much more with them you know there's so much more uh, scope and and depth that you can that you can bring to the image so so yeah they are different it just means you know I, I can spend a lot more time on them you can give the image a, a lot a lot more time so uh, so yeah I've, I found you know that, that that I do have a, a slightly 
you know, I don't want to say relaxed approach to them, but but I do get to spend more time and just you know, noodle with the image much more than I might a, a, a comic cover, which is always you know up against a deadline. Outside of the forward and the afterward, will you provide the text for the art of Jock? Is in addition to editing it, um, is this your first art of book that you've written? Yeah, definitely. It's the first thing. It's probably the first thing I've ever written besides emails. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, Chris Prince, who works at Insight, is was actually like the editor, and I, I thought when they first approached me to do it that I was going to sort of, you know, be the sort of editor, wrangler, or whatever. Not that Jack needs a ton of wrangling usually, but they're, you know, he's got a lot going on, and um, yeah. So I thought that was more the thing because. For Mike, this Mike Mulcher, who works at 2000 AD, who's a publicity guy there, and um, he had done these amazing interviews, which then we kind of called, you know, most of the stuff is from that. So without, like, <clears throat> excuse me, Michael's work, you know, sort of laying the foundation, there, there, you know, there wasn't, there wasn't a, you know, ton of stuff necessarily that I had done before that. But um, so I thought I was kind of being bringing on more of an editorial standpoint, and then they're like, oh no, you've got to write this. I was like, oh really okay <laughs> so, so i just started taking you know some of the stuff and trying to figure out you know some of jock's bio stuff and some of my own experiences and then you know taking these amazingly in-depth interviews that we had and you know figuring out some way to make it tell a story you know have some kind of interesting stuff because it's always a fine line these art books are like you know i sort of lean towards more or you know less writing and more art um, but then sometimes I've gotten these art books and they're just pictures and cash and nothing else, you know, and you sort of feel like, oh, that's nice, but it just goes on the shelf. But then other times they're just these hideously, you know, sort of in-depth interviews about, you know, whatever the guy had for lunch the same day, he tried to write, you know, draw this thing and, you know, I don't have to wow my eyes glaze over. So it's trying <laughs> to figure out a way, it was really just trying to find some median ground, you know, so, um, yeah, so it was interesting. I mean, I, it's weird to have a writer credit and they send you a link to like you have an Amazon page with you know no followers which is great which <laughs> <laughs> is just about right 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 about where I should be probably but um yeah it was good and you know I mean the hardest part actually was for me is just sort of figuring out the like I was a big part of a lot of the, the story you know in terms of his you know coming to DC and development there and all that but yes. like, I didn't really I didn't I tried to keep myself out of it which was a little sort of an awkward dance to do because I, I didn't really want it to be like well and then Will had this brilliant idea to hire him to do X, Y, or Z you know <laughs> genius you know but um, yeah so I, that was a little tricky to figure out ways to do it so anytime you see stuff like Vertigo editorial was a little unsure if Jock was the right guy for this job that's basically me that's the, you know that's that's a stand in for you know I wasn't that into it or something <laughs> well, <laughs> so it's cool it's exciting I don't know if I'll do another one or you know, but uh, it was great, and you know, to be the first and maybe the only one to do it with someone like Jack, who I've known for so long and you know admire so much. I mean, it, you know, it's fantastic. So I should probably just quit while I'm ahead. <laughs> well, this this is the purpose of this conversation. It'll fill in those blanks in terms of of your participation in the projects, and certainly uh, you know, getting getting Jack to uh, to Vertigo and everything. So let's uh, Jack. Let's start uh, pre will. And uh, and talk a little bit about your your comic beginnings um, at 2000 AD, um, Lenny. You know, first of all, approaching comics in general, I found I found it interesting that um, you you had said you had like reverse engineered 
looking at a comics page and working it out. Can you can you talk about that? Sure. Yeah. I mean, you know, comics drawing sequential pages is pretty much the the hardest thing that I think I do. You know, in in, in my work in life, I think you know, I think it's the kind of skill that you never stop learning you never stop understanding you know visual storytelling more and more you know as 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 the years go by so when you first try and draw a comic you know you're probably thinking about whether you you're able to draw something not not why you're drawing it or or kind of you know the reason that the you know the a b and c is is it is is in the panels and you know in, in those early days you sort of do something and then yeah and you sort of look at it and you'd realize that the the you know the the clarity of the storytelling or, or, you know, your shot choice or, or this close-up is needless or, you know, all, all those little things which go into making, you know, effective pages kind of, uh, you have to work out and, and there's no e- easy way of doing it. So, um, you know, I used to, I used to hang out with my good friend Dom Reardon who draws for 2080 as well. And, uh, you know, we used to just literally sort of stay up all night, you know, paint some pages, look at comics, just, you know, just, just try and kind of, you know, get, get the nuts and bolts of it kind of un- understood a little bit better because you know because that's like i say you know that, that that's the only way you can do it is just by literally delving into it and and it's just something that that you know i, st- I still feel like a beginner you know it's it's something that you never you never master you just maybe get a kind of a flavor of of, of how you how you might approach it you know sure lenny z was your uh, first 2080 lenny zero lenny zero excuse yeah, me well, um yeah, no, no, it's okay. Um, um, well, I, I actually did, did a few Dread stories first. Judge Dread, uh, who was my favourite character, like as a kid and stuff, and, like that was, you know, literally my first job was drawing my, my dream character, which was which was amazing. And then uh, and Andy Diggle was was editor of 2018 at the time, and they were they got. Um, uh, their tenth anniversary of of of, uh, of the Judge Dread magazine, which is like a monthly companion comic to 2080, was coming up, and and they um, they asked Frank Miller to, to do a cover for it. Wow! And, be, uh, and, and uh, which he did, and because Frank's rates were a little bit higher, maybe than, than 2080 is, is is normally used to, <laughs> um, and and uh, Andy used uh, used uh, some extra money and uh, to pay Frank, and uh, and then wrote a, a short story for free, which was which was which was Lady Zero, uh, which was kind of set in Judge Dredd's, Dredd's world. Um, uh, so and, and and Frank's cover never actually saw the light of day because one of the other editors who was a little bit. I mean, he's a lovely guy. But he was—he 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 was, he was not—he was not uh, afraid of letting his, you know, letting his sharing his opinions with creators. And 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 he called Frank up and kind of sort of said, "What the hell is this?" And and and, and, and Frank said, uh, "said you know, send me back the artwork and never never call me again and put, and put the phone down." <laughs> so, so so Frank so. So Frank's cover didn't didn't even you, you can find that cover online by the way if you Google Frank Miller Dread it, it, I, I, I actually really like the cover like because Frank always brings something new and, and it's a, and Dread's got like needles and axes like stuck in his helmet it's, you know it's kind of it's a you know way more extreme than 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 you know than, than some other stuff but um but yeah but but that was that that was the way that the Lenny Zero came about basically and Andy's you know you you know use that kind of opportunity to write something for free and um, and the story just went down really well with with, with readers you know we, uh, Andy left editorial decided to take the jump to being a writer full time and, and and we did uh, I think he did a couple of other things and we did another Lenny Zero and I, I think it's that that then Will saw at uh, 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 Virgo um, and uh, and you know and, and 
him and Karen were interested in Andy and then sort of, I guess by default, uh, I got dragged along as well. <laughs> Talk about that, Will. What, yeah, what, what intrigued you about Jack? Yeah, I do everything by default, so you shouldn't feel bad about it. The, um, yeah, I mean, so Andy had reached out to me because he, he had literally written me a like a snail mail letter that was on 2000 stationery. Yeah, that's amazing. Sort of fun to ask for another job while you're still at a job. But the, uh, like Garth Innes had sort of, you know, said, oh, I might be getting this thing from this, you know, character Andy Diggle. So, yeah, I got that and he sent me a bunch of samples and um, so we did a couple of, he did a short thing and then he started pitching stuff for, you know, he had this sort of a spy idea for some, like a, you know, sort of like an Ocean Eleven spy team. I think it, I can't remember what the original permutation was. I don't think it was Suicide Squad, but it was something like that, you know, something similar to that. Mm-hmm. So, and I had secured a bunch of these titles that, like they said you could use, you know, like it used to back and then, you know, they would like this to do DC properties first if we could, like, you know, Riso and Azarella did did Johnny Double and you know things like that before they did 100 Bullets so it was a pretty easy you know it's a, it was a little easier to get new people in that way so yeah so we had this thing and initially like he went through the process got the losers treatment you know all all pulled together and DC really liked it I remember people like Bob Wayne who was head of sales coming by and saying like this is the kind of stuff you guys should be doing more of and it was kind of a hard sell to Karen and you know just the idea because it was a lot more kind of mainstream and action movie-ish than, you know, they had tended to do in the past. But, sure. Um, but I felt like, you know, it was something a little more commercial but could still be smart. I don't know. We didn't really try out any artists other than Jock that I recall. I mean, we talked about different people, but Andy had sent me some samples that were, like, painted, like, dread covers and stuff, which I think a couple of them might have ended up in the book, but um, which they're cool, but I was like, ah, this isn't really the look I didn't think I wasn't seeing in my head you know for something I was seeing something a little slicker a little more probably Riso-esque you know um, and so initially I was kind of you know wasn't so sure and then they sent me the Lenny Zero stuff which was much more frenetic and cool and you know almost felt a little I wouldn't say manga influence but it had that kind of energy you know like the cool like Akira kind of manga so you know that seemed cool but it was like how are we going to get two guys who no one's ever heard of to launch a new series like that was just like kryptonite to, to the powers of be at dc usually so um yeah so we i don't know i we sort of were hymen and hawing about it and then didn't i think karen didn't karen karen and karen berger and richard burning her husband ended up going to bristol and i think they yeah met jock in person and at that That's point right. i had already sort of seeded like i had come around to the idea but it was one of those things like how do we you always had to like pick your spots, right? Like you, had to, you couldn't go in there on a Monday morning and be like, hey, I want you to sign 10 things and approve five artists you never heard of. <laughs> so I was always like, we're laying in wait for my spot. So that was sort of the thing. It's like, all right, if these guys are there and they can meet up and, you know, it's almost like it's, like if, if, it's, if it ends up being her idea or Richard's idea, like then, you know, it usually was a lot easier to move stuff down the tracks, right? Because once Karen was on board with it, like it was just a green light like we didn't really you know they had to go through the process but once she kind of put her stamp on it like there wasn't a whole hell of a lot of people there that would tell her you know we're not going to do this you know because she'd earned that obviously over the years so sure um yeah so then they went to the show and came back and were like oh this guy jock he's fantastic like you really should hire him i'm like oh my god that's a great idea 
tell you man um it blew my mind first issue uh right away and that's you know that's the job of the artist is to get people in you know through the front door and your cover and your interiors were so greatly unique and uh then oh, you know wow. Wow. thank you man oh for real man no honestly and uh you know but i'll be bugging will for uh, for andy's contact info after this conversation yeah. because honestly it really uh i i just come back to comics in, in 99 100 bullets was its own mind-blowing experience and uh really you guys and then uh two uh human target peter milligan and yeah. uh, and cliff Jesus, I mean that—that's and also, and I forget the other artist's name that uh, did. Javier Polito. That, yeah, Javier Polito, absolutely, man. Jesus, no, it was great stuff, and that's the thing because I was more into. It was so great to see crime comics, and you know, I would even although this is more uh, heist and espionage and foreign intrigue, I'd kind of you know sure, do yeah. dovetail that into that. No, that was what I wanted. I didn't want magic. I didn't want supernatural, and uh, that's the thing. You, you know, those three books really fit the bill and it, and it really was exciting uh to see that stuff so no you it really felt like your style was very dynamic i know will in our previous conversation you said that um they kind of had to go back and, and sort of rework that first issue right yeah i mean andy it was longer we were doing 30 page issues first issues then um and andy yeah poor andy i made him write a whole bunch of drafts of that which I didn't usually do I wasn't I don't think notorious for that the way some other people are that you know usually I felt like if we could get it you know in a few takes so to speak then you know it probably feels a little a little more fluid you know but um, yeah he had like the first 15 so pages were all like the, the guy recruiting the, the team you know like, yeah. there were cool scenes like you know like kind of he was driving a limo or he was doing different things like recruiting all the team members which is always a great sequence like in a film 
Sure. But, you know, on this, it was like, it was page 16 or 17, and, like, we didn't even have, we hadn't met the whole team, we didn't know what they were up against, we hadn't done anything, we were, like, running out of real estate. So, and, you know, and he kept massaging it, he'd do these drafts, and they were, you know, 5% different, 10% different, whatever, and finally we were like, you know, like, I don't can I swear on this podcast? But Absolutely. Sort of like, you, know, you know, like, fuck this, like, let's just start here, like, the big heist that starts on page 17 or whatever, which ends up being the first pages of the issue, but, like, people can figure it out. Like, they're not stupid, you know? Like, they can figure it out. And I'd rather they were, you know, confused for five minutes than bored for 25 pages, right? So it's just like, you know, we'll just throw them right into it, and then we'll go from there. Yeah. And I think, ultimately, I don't even think that those scenes... Those scenes were eventually used, but I don't think it was for a couple of years later, you know, where you actually saw how he actually recruited the guys. But, yeah, so then we yeah. gave it to Jock, and it just... Go ahead, go ahead. No, no, I was just going to say, I can remember, actually, Andy said that... The, um we didn't ever do those scenes properly. We, we, we kind of revisited them a little bit in, in like the second book, you know, like Island uh, Life or whatever, you know, where right, they all right. came, in, came into the cinema. And it was almost the same kind of feel, but, the, but those, those original scenes were, 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 never, were never used. And in fact, I think Andy said that uh, literally none of his first draft was in the final draft of of, of, of the Losers issue one. You know, it was it was, it was totally all, uh, you know, all, all, all fresh, basically. But I mean, I've got to say, I mean, you know, and what it's 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 such a good script, and 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 these you know twisting and turning sort of you know his sense of storytelling and, and, and action sequences is like you know, for me he's kind of the best at that you know he's he's got such a such a good um, gauge on 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 pace and and, and action beats and uh, yeah yeah the, the, and with the losers as well I was going to say earlier uh, John when you were talking about it and, and uh, thanks for your kind words by the way but we're, but we always set out to try and make a comment that you could give to anyone you know you know yes not 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 you know being entrenched in kind of comics continuity or whatever just you know you could literally give it to someone off the street and and, and the hope was that they'd that they could get it you know they could follow it you know so so that that was kind of uh, our intention with the losers you know so um so that was nice to hear well that I was think to, this, to this day i think it's the best number one script i ever worked on you yeah, know all the projects yeah. i had i mean number one scripts there's some good ones you know scout number one i thought was good sure and, you know there's some but it's like you know they're all certainly of a really high quality i think but like they're hard right they're hard to get just yeah. enough to make people want to come back you don't care about the characters you don't know you're not a, you know all the things that go into it. it's like a pilot of a series it's rare on tv that the first episode is your favorite episode or something it's almost impossible. yeah exactly I, I think of all the series of all the things i ever worked on it's like the tightest first issue that you know gives you just enough and it gives you the flavor and it gives you the characters and it's sexy and it's fun like i mean I, to this day like and i send it like if people ask me for scripts like sample kind of scripts i'm always like you got you know read this thing because it's sort of you know this weird odd master class on it for, from somebody who didn't have a lot of pages under his belt at that point you know yeah. so, i mean it's definitely a testament to andy's ability to write those beats and you know pack it all in there and to, you know to, to have the professionalism to keep tr- trying you know a lot of guys would have yeah. been like fuck you i'm sick of this <laughs> you know it is what it is or you're busting my balls for no reason which i really didn't try to do and i didn't do that I don't think I often did that in my career. I certainly didn't try to, like, you know, ask for changes for the sake of changes, you know, which sure. is definitely an editorial philosophy that exists, that if you're not asking for changes, you're not doing your job kind of thing. But, sure. that, you know, that wasn't really my my philosophy, but, yeah, I don't know. So yeah, I think it, it worked out okay. Well, and as you guys say, um, I did take it to friends 
who had stopped reading comic books and showed them. And I'm like, look, this is what comics are today. And again, um, great story. But yeah, they were knocked out too by your art. And they're like, man, I don't remember seeing this kind of art in, in a comic book. They weren't aware of, you know, the, the guys like, um, you know, Dave McKean and some of the others that were so interesting from a design and, and art standpoint that, you know, were the exceptions when they were doing stuff. And I know, uh, you know, a a Andy, rattle off some of your inspirations as you approached comics, the, the people who came before you. Or I'm sorry, Jesus, Jock, I said Andy. <laughs> Where's Andy? Let's, let's, let's give Diggle a call and get him on board. We love that. We're talking about him so much. Let's, just, let's, let's get him in. Um, uh, sorry, Joe, can you repeat the question there? Sorry. Certainly. Uh, no, uh, some of your art inspirations uh, prior oh, to yeah, you getting yeah. started. Yeah, sure. Um, yeah, I mean, it's... it's you know, I, 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 I loved Vertigo in the, in the 90s, and, and I loved the fully painted stuff. You know, Dave McKean, Wilson Kevich is still a favourite... Um, uh, you know, Kent Williams, I thought was great. You know, um, and what I liked about them is 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 they were painting. And and before 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 my first uh, published Dread, I you know I, I was I was painting comics. So I wasn't drawing black and white comics. And it was actually uh, Andy Diggle that phoned me when he was editor of 2018 and said, "Can you do 12 pages of black and white Dread in in a month?" And I just sort of said. Yeah, <laughs> I guess I, I, I guess I can do that. Um, you know, uh, so um, uh, and you know, guys like you know, thought Sean Phillips, Duncan Fabrado is fantastic. Mike Mignolo, obviously as well. Um, you know, I, 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 I just liked I liked I liked people with a strong design sense that could draw well, and I guess were interesting. You know, um, uh, that's that's uh, that you know. And then 2018, there's so many good good. You know, artists from 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 when I was growing up that I just you know completely kind of changed my my, my outlook on things. People like Mick McMahon, um, he's not so well known in the states, but some of his work for 2008 was just you know stunning. And 2008, of course, was your kind of you know Steve Dillon's, Brian Bolland, you know Dave Gibbons. They they all started there. So, sure. So it, it, it was really amazing to, to to get to get that kind of. Um, uh, in introduction and, and that level of quality in, in the comics that I was reading as, as, as a kid, you know, because sometimes, uh, and uh, I don't mean this in a funny way, but sometimes like, American comics can feel more diluted and more kind of, you know, um, you know, like a kind of, uh, uh, what's the word, it, sort of factory made, as it, even though they're not, you know, but, but, but they, you know, they felt more kind of pencil ink, uh, colorist, you know, layout artist, you know, background, you know, that they had that element to them. Whereas 2008 was was very kind of it felt very kind of pure, and the art writers and artists working in it felt felt you know like you were really kind of hearing their their voices, you know. So so that 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 was really inspiring to me, and, and, I, and so I guess when I you started trying to do it, I just tried to do my own thing, you know. Try, you know, I I think I definitely had influences, and you could probably see them in, in those early pages more than now but but I just tried to uh, you know try to do my own thing with it because comics are great like that you know that they, they can support that and, and that's uh, you know that that's uh, that's a really valuable thing I think yeah, that's a good point about the 2080 because you could flip through that because I used to get it when I worked at a comic shop in the 80s and you could yeah. flip through it and each story was it could be totally different you know Absolutely. Yeah. black white and the next one's painted the next one's something else yep yeah we're yeah. comics you know, yeah, there definitely was like a house style that was pervasive sure. at Marvel or a house style at DC. I mean, even if the artists individually, a lot of them are just like some of my favorite artists or whatever, but it's just like, yeah, you know, you definitely, that is interesting that it will allow you to sort of just approach it purely 
like this is what I'm going to try, and that they gave you like a you know an opportunity to do that, that you know, which is thank God, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Rogue Trooper with with Gibbons was totally different from Sinister Dexter. I mean, you know, I those were two of my favorite right. uh, 2000 AD, you know, uh, strips and everything. And I'm forgetting who drew uh, Sinister Dexter back then. Uh, probably about a hundred different people. Really? So that, so yes, it, so that was in it like nearly every week. Uh, uh, Simon Davis, who's, who still paints, okay, the, uh, did a lot of them. Um, but yeah, loads of different guys drew drew Sinister Dexter. I get you. People. Well, back to the losers. Um, did it end on its own terms, or did you guys have to, you know, end it sooner than you wanted to? No, no, it totally uh, uh, ended on its own terms. In fact. We ran about issue kind of 24, we did 32 issues, we ran about issue 24, 25. I think Andy even offered, he spoke to Karen and said, you know, do you want me to wrap this up if it isn't selling so well or, or whatever? And she was like, no, no, just do, do you know, do, it's fine. Do do, do we do what you want to do with it? So so, so uh, the three-year um, storyline was was exactly what we had planned and, 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 and it finished exactly the way that he intended with that last, you know, I mean, that, that last page, you know, when I, when I read it, you know, uh, Jensen, Giving the bird to, to to another character saying "fuck you, company man" and like so it's like the end. And it's just like whoa, that's that's uh, that, that was always his his last page, you know. So no, um, you know, and again to give credit to Will and Virgo and, and DC as well, you know, we were two completely unknowns, and they, you know, they let us run with it, you know, and and um, you know, we, we really didn't know whether you know it, it could have been our one and only job, you know, if, if it changed sure. that that that. that, that I'm glad you I'm glad you mentioned the movie because I like the movie and it's it's diff, it's slightly different from the, from the book but I also sure. think the timing of its release kind of made it misunderstood uh, to the audience and actually too I I don't think the movie really got a great benefit from a clear sense of what they had because I think it was yeah. you know yeah talk about it I, I'll talk about it enough well, you you guys talk about it <laughs> yeah, no I mean um, I, I, it's I mean, the cast was amazing to yeah. start with. Like, like, like I, I couldn't believe the, those guys, and I, I felt like we benefited from um, uh, from maybe Sin City doing so well because, you know, I, I think Sin City was pretty much just a literal, you know, kind of kind of adaptation, oh, yeah. and and, and, and we, we, which did very well. And, and the, you know, the way Hollywood works, kind of, I think they saw that working, and they seemed more keen to kind of, you know, uh, follow at least sort of visuals of the comic like for example when me and Andy visited the set um, you know obviously I knew like Chris Evans for example was, was playing Jensen and mm-hmm. I, I thought I, I thought he'd probably wear little Len, round Lennon glasses you know but uh, you know, beyond <laughs> that like who, who knows and then and, and we're on set and we're chatting to Zoe Saldana who plays Aisha yes and then and then, and then she looks over our shoulder and just goes Jensen and I turn around and like you know Chris walks towards us and he's got the same facial hair I mean it was ridiculous he, he'd grown these long sideburns this little goatee beard that, that I only put in the comic just just as you know whimsy just to make him kind of visually kind of a bit distinct and the, and the poor guy had to like grow this ridiculous kind of you know sort of goatee beard and, and sideburns and wear them for like you know three months um, but but to have to have literally a character that, that, that you know that 
that had only existed, you know, I was going to say in my head, but also on paper, literally walk towards me and shake my hand was the was the weirdest thing. And, and, <laughs> and, and they and, and and they really did, you know, they they looked so the part, and and, and they're all brilliant actors as well, you know. I mean, like tone wise, I, I was I was, you know, The Losers isn't exactly Shakespeare, but I was surprised by. By, by how light the film was, you know, um, I, 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 I think it's funnier than the comic. I think, you know, they, they, they were, they, yeah, they, 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 you know, they had a great time on set. They, they all got on really, really well. And, and those moments of kind of that love, that sort of vibe between them, I, I think, are some of the strongest bits of the of the film. Um, but and, and you know, and lots of the action sequences were the same. But they, but they kind of happened for different reasons in the, in, the, in the in the film. You know, like the, it, it was almost like the connecting tissue was changed you know like will said about that first scene in the comic where it literally dives right in that that that, that sequence is in the movie and i would love to see a cut of, of the movie where 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 it starts with that and just, and just throws you straight in you know um, as opposed to kind of you know the, 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 i think they put the flashback at the beginning so you get the setup of all the characters um you know but uh, i mean you know it's, it's, it's amazing that it got made you know i'm i'm, I'm still proud of the comic and 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 you know you know the movie didn't really do what i think sort of they were hoping for it to do but you know but it's, it's still amazing to me that, that that it exists you know and that and that's great i think it's a fun movie i really do and i do think that yeah. you know ultimately it's going to be one of those cult movies that people who see it will discover it and appreciate it for what it is and and not the comparisons that i think the market were kind of dictating as it was released, you know, on uh, in the theaters and stuff. But uh, that's all right. Like you said, no, the book is a classic. And um, I have a feeling, I, I don't even, and certainly the two of you, well, you know, Will's out of the Vertigo circle. And, uh, you know, you'll know Jack whenever they decide to do another reprint of it. But I just had a panel with all the 100 Bullets creators. And that's the thing. I think, I think as 100 Bullets and Scalped and some of the better Vertigo projects, this thing's going to be around for a long time. So... Nice going. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's not a question. It's more a statement. But yeah, you know. So, uh, no, way to go. Well, moving on to, uh, you know, you got you guys continue and you do Green Arrow year one. And, um, you know, now there's there you're stepping into a reboot of, a, of an established character. And as far as design, because certainly there were a lot of different designs to choose from. Uh, you know, uh, Mike Rell's run and uh, certainly yeah. the, the classic and Neil Adams reboot of the 70s and stuff. What were your thoughts as yeah. you were approaching this project? Well, um, again, following off, it was, it was, you know, it was, a, it was, we kind of, we, uh, what's the best way to describe it? Like, because like, Green Area 1 was really, we got to me and Andy somehow kind of managed to shoehorn just the kind of, the kind of thing, the kind of storytelling that we do. We try, we just managed to shoehorn it into a mainstream DC book because the, the only thing we had to worry about was get was on the very last page he had to look like the Green Arrow and be kind of crouched over Star City and you know and it says like you know you know hey I'm the Green Arrow now you know and that was the only bit that True. Was the only thing <laughs> that, that, that we had to kind of like you know worry about like continuity wise or anything we could literally just just tell our own type of story which was at the time it was you know hopefully a kind of fairly sort of fast-paced you know gripping action tale you know and, sure and 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 you know we we, we did follow you know the, the kind of the abcs of his origin story with you know being shipwrecked on the island and all that kind of stuff but um but yeah but visually it, it was uh which is something that i've kind of uh, stuck with even through a lot of the film work that i've done as well it was kind of his his costume it was kind of 
um, function over form. You know, it's like, like and, and Andy wrote this brilliant line when when, uh, when you first see him in a hood, and he just says, you know, that, that, that it's just to keep the sun off. You understand, and it's it's the it's that really clever way of grounding something and making it kind of believable, but giving you the kind of iconography of, of a of a recognised character. You know, that 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 was a really that was really exciting to do you know and even though he's in kind of like you know cargo shorts and a vest he's, he's kind of got this this hood and then you know and then suddenly that there's the there's the green arrow you know just like if you put two you know two black ears on a on, on a black head you've got batman kind of thing. so <laughs> so so it, it, it yeah it was just about trying to um play with 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 that iconography that everyone knows of, of green arrow but but yeah but at its heart we just we just got to do a kind of gritty action tale you know so yeah it was it was great and again people seem to really like it which was a really nice thing and um i've, I've just got a letter from dc actually saying that apparently there's quite a lot of it in season four of arrow which i've not actually seen so i should uh, i should check it out i was wondering if have you seen any of the television show or no uh, I haven't. No, oh, it's true. <laughs> no. no worries. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's crazy. It's crazy because I mean, you would think I would have because um, we, we didn't even realize that the 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 uh, our, our story was it, you know was kind of an influence on the on the on the TV series. Definitely. But, um, uh, um, I haven't is the short answer, which seems crazy. <laughs> but my my kids are huge fans of it, and they were talking to me one day about. Oh, he's on this island, and all this stuff happens, and they're referencing. There's some character Diggle on this show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's just, and they're like yeah. throwing that around like at the kitchen table, and I was like, "Hold on a second, fellas." Yeah, you just about? back, just back yeah, up, back up a little bit, and they filled me in. I'm like, "Oh, that's interesting. Let me introduce you to this over here." You know. But yeah, they yeah, love it. it. Uh, John Diggle, the character, is, is named after Andy, but in real life, Andy's brother is called John, so they've named it after, uh, without realizing it, they've named it after Andy's, Andy's brother. <laughs> <laughs> and and forgive me, Will, did you did you edit your one? No. no. Okay, I didn't think yeah. so, and that's why I, you know. But that's no, it's okay. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna move on then. And it go. would have been a lot better if I had. <laughs> I did read it at the time, which was rare for me because I didn't read any of the stuff that was rarely ever coming out from from the DCU. But, no. Uh, yeah, you know, I was proud. It was like my guys were going off to like you know do something with like the big kids table. Like it was definitely <laughs> cool, you know. Sure. Yeah, and it's 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 so much more readable than the majority of superhero comics even to this day. So you know, I mean, I like those sort of contained, self-contained things, and but yeah. You know, no, it was it, it, I. Well, that's uh, certainly it was your you and you and Andy together that made me want to read it again because I'd already you know I mean not, I mean I, I'm a huge Green Arrow fan and I had uh, I forget who did the the kind of modern like putting him on the island original story, um, but I but, it was sorry no it, 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 it was there was like a there was a there was a strip in like the 60s or something like that yeah. where, where he was on, where he was on the island but the, but the, 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 there was a modern one as well I, I, I can't remember uh, who wrote it either to be honest um, but but yeah the, the, there was a kind of a retelling of the origin but again we just like you know we just kind of took took the bare bones and and, sure. and, 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 and ran with it kind of thing absolutely yeah, there's, a, there's a cool section in the art book that's got like green arrow there's like pencils and inks and like that. There's, that's the section, right, Jack? With like the yeah, yeah, the we, overlays we, and stuff. Like, yeah, 
Sort of. we, we, we put um, a few acetates and some overlays and things in the art book, and, and, and one of them is uh, there's a green area one page, and it's got like a vellum overlay with with my layout over the top, and then you can kind of lift it and see the final art underneath. So uh, yeah, you know, we, 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 we sort of tried to you know make the book kind of kind of um, you know appealing not not just to maybe fans of mine you know to try and make it just just that you know as good an, an art book as we could so uh yeah you know and it was really cool that they were able to do that you know, there's a few good game folds and bits and pieces and extras because like, like will said sorry to suddenly jump back on on, on the art book but Certainly. it's interesting something something will said earlier like um uh, lots of art books they are literally just images and and uh, I've, i feel the same way like i've got a few art books by people that i really like you know i really love it you pick it up and you kind of flick through it and you go yeah okay yeah that's great and it literally goes on the shelf so we really try to 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 you know put a bit more into this one you know to make it a bit more kind of interesting you know not just my shitty drawings kind of thing <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's definitely like stuff and behind the scenes kind of stuff and you know, trying to balance, and I mean, for me, it was important to try to get in there, like, you know, what, what's, like, the work that it takes to do it, and the time that it takes to do it, and the process that it is, that it's not just, oh, you know, he's a genius, and this stuff just comes out fully formed, you know, like, it's it's just, it's long, long hours sitting there trying to come up with these things, and, and you know, he makes it look very kind of effortless at the end, but it certainly isn't, like, during the process, you know, so... I think, you know, to try to show a little of that, I mean, Insight was great about doing some of these extra things that, you know, cost money and sure. to prop, I'm sure, and all that. Yeah. It's definitely, I think it's definitely for fans, you know, are going to be like, oh, shit, this is really, I mean, the people who've seen it, like, when they see the acetate of, like, the, there's a Batman, you know, cover, and, uh, you know, so, you know, it's just like, wow, this is worth the price of admission kind of stuff, you know, which... Yeah, I mean, I, I, I think we're both really happy with how that all came out, for sure. Oh, that's great, guys, because honestly, um, Will was kind enough to send me a PDF of the book, and it is great to hear that that kind of uh, process stuff that you can actually, you know, touch and feel is part of it, because, again, I, I just came back from the Cincinnati, uh, Cincy Comic Con, and guys like yeah. Jim Rugg, the artist, was talking about, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, you know, he's including a lot of process stuff, uh, that he sells at tables and and makes available to his fans, and I know too from a writing standpoint, uh, that's what some people appreciate about the, my podcast and some of my interviews because the writers really go into writing process and stuff. So yeah, it, it absolutely is more distinct to have that in your art book than the average art book that, as you say, is just text and drawings. So very yeah, cool. It, it definitely took me back too to like you know I used to actually get the art boards right I mean they would send sure. in the pencils and I'd have to send them to an inker or and they'd letter right on the board or I'd get the final you know we'd wait every morning for this FedEx delivery that came around you know 10, 30, 11 o'clock in the morning you know they literally on a cart come and hand you like a stack of pages and I'd have a stack of you know jock pages reso pages like a painted cover from somebody you know like it was like to physically hold these objects in your hand was like a thrill every morning, you know? So I think the book does a nice job of sort of conveying a little bit of that sense of just how hands-on it is or, you know, probably was more in the past, but, you know, that, that there's still at some point, like, you got to sit there and do this and create this thing out of nothing and that you can actually hold it in your hands, you know? Like, I miss that part of the process for sure. So... Pretty and neat. It's cool that they were able to put that in there, you know. Really cool, yeah. Now we mentioned Batman, and I got to ask about Dark Mirror because what an interesting 
I, everything about that. And Will, did you did you edit that? No. I, I, mean, <laughs> I remember at the beginning, like when they were trying to cook up a lot of the stuff before that, and you know, I had helped get Scott into the Vertigo with you know my assistant Mark Doyle had sort of found him and got them, and you know they had struggled for a long time to get that American Vampire thing off the ground, and then they finally came to me and were like, well, what can we do to get this to happen? And you know, so we sort of you know I, I was somewhat instrumental, I think, in trying to you know finally getting that over the goal line you know they've cool. done most work so yeah so you know I remember like when they first started talking about this and doing that sort of stuff and you know I'm pretty territorial about the guys I've worked with so you know I still consider Jock like oh he was like kind of one of my guys you know sure so, uh, uh, there, Will I'm, t- I'm totally one of your guys just so you know there's no there's no, there's no way that any other editor is, is, is claiming me no way so you know so yeah so no I wasn't but you know it's again it's thrilling to see it's, you know, see these people, you know, people that you sort of work with really closely, like, go on to these, like, amazing, like, high-profile things. You know, and knowing that they're going to deliver the goods, too, which is always nice, you know. Excellent. But, well, excellent. well I've, I've spoken to Francesco, and I've, and, I've, and I've spoken to Scott about Black Mary. So, finally, the, the missing piece. Tell me about, because really, uh, for people who don't remember, there are so many levels to Dark Mirror. I mean... The, the way you guys did the storytelling. Black Mirror. Black Mirror. Pardon me, b- b- Black Mirror, excuse me. Yeah. Uh, because, yeah, it's it's such a great story. 11 issues in Detective Comics. Uh, Batman is missing because of Infinite or Final Crisis. So it's Dick Grayson as Robin. You've got James Gordon's son. You've got the Joker. And these two different stories, the Joker story and the James Gordon Jr. story, uh, colliding uh, ultimately yeah. and stuff. Uh no, it's and again, uh, uh, Dick Grayson as as Batman having to solve you know solve this case and and you know unsure of himself in the role. So that's that's the character standpoint. Um, first, uh, well, uh, first of all, yeah, tell me, talk to me, Jack, about how they presented this to you. Yeah, well, um, uh, well, originally, actually, Scott just phoned me uh, totally out of the blue. Um, uh, it was, I think, on like a Friday before going to Comic Con. Um, what year would that have been? Maybe that what year did it come out? Maybe 2011, maybe something like that. Something like uh, that. 2012, something like that. Um, uh, yeah, and he just called me uh, out of the blue, and um, and uh, the Losers movie had just come out actually. So they said, oh, this would have been 2010 then, in, in that case. And um, and uh, me and Andy were keen to do Snapshot, which, which was another kind of creator own thing we had with the Losers movie having having just come out you know it kind of made it made a lot of sense um and uh, so even though it was uh, and and scott called to talk about batman and it was definitely really really cool to be kind of you know considered uh, as an artist on for, 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 for detective um i wasn't necessarily looking for a company book at, at that point and I, I don't mean to sound blase about it but you know i i, I was keen to 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 do some more uh, creator own stuff sure. um but there was I, I don't know. I just had a really good feeling about Scott. You know, you know, almost like that kind of. You know, I had a, a kind of, you know, instinctual kind of in, in my belly feel like talking to him. I, I, I just, I, I just have a good feeling about it. And, and uh, we hung up. You know, I said, well, let, let's meet at San Diego and, and ch- chat about it properly, kind of thing. And then, then we met up. Um, I think Scott mentions it in, in the, in the, he wrote an afterward for the, for the book actually. Yes. You can, you, you can read it there. But um, yeah, he. You know, he, he, as soon as he told me that it was James Gordon's son, you know that that baby that fell off the bridge in, in, at the end of Batman Year One, I was just like, "That's great!" You know, like, well, why has that not been done? Sure. And um, and and 
you know, the, the, the whole the whole experience working with Francesco, the editorial as well, like, it, it was such, it was a really, you know, a, a really nice time. <laughs> like, the, 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 there's no other way of putting it. It was like, everyone sent everyone else everything they did. You know, like, often when you work as part of a team, you know, someone will have a back and forth with just the writer or, just the writer or the other artist will send something to the editor and I don't get to see it or whatever. Sure. But, with, but with Black Mirror, Black Mirror, everyone sent every, everything to, to everyone else. And, and, and it was a real, you know, it, it just seemed like a really, um, it was a great team. It was really enjoyable to work on. And, and what, what was really cool about it as well was, you know, really, I mean, Scott had done American Vampire, but really this was just a, just a random, you know, detective story, uh, detective comics run. You know, um, um, there, there wasn't really anything that was going to set it apart from from anything else. But, but I don't know. There was maybe a little bit of alchemy or whatever you want you want to call it. And 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 you know, I mean, Scott has obviously gone on. I mean, you know, to prove himself as one of the finest writers we've got. You know, and 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 and, and he showed it. You know, straight out the gate on on Black Mirror. It was, it, it just felt like a, like you know, I don't want to sound too kind of. You know, sort of fanciful, but it was—it it felt like a slightly magical time. We were all just kind of, you know, similar to maybe doing the losers. We were just sort of hungry for it, you know. And Scott was obviously keen to to, to do what he wanted to do with Batman, and even 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 it being Dick Grayson, which you know, when I first when he first told me it was going to be Dick, I was a little bit disappointed. I thought, do you know what, if if, if I'm doing if you know if I'm doing a, a Batman a, a reasonably uh, sized Batman tale, I kind of wanted to be Bruce Wayne, but. Scott did such a good job of, of, of handling, you know, Dick Grayson in the role, and that became an integral part of the tone and, and the feel of the story, and the way that I drew drew him, you know, I drew him differently to how you might draw Bruce Wayne in the yes. role. So the, the, so the whole thing just, I don't know, it just kind of, it just kind of worked, and, and and then to get the kind of response that 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 we've got just from again from that sort of random, you know. You know, one random Batman tale is is was amazing. You know, and 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 I, I, I you know, I'm so glad that 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 Scott called me out of the blue. You know, because obviously, you know, we're still working together now. I'm doing an issue of Batman with him, All Star Batman with him now, and obviously we do Witches together as well. Yes, which we're about to which we're about to start. So, you know, just just one of those moments that I guess you know where where it kind of like you know a, a, a piece of the puzzle sort of fell into place, and, and um, you know, yeah, it, yeah, it was just a really really uh, great thing to work on. Well, that was the thing it, with the physicality of Dick Grayson being different than than yeah. uh, Bruce Wayne as Batman. I've talked about this with other artists, Jeremy Hahn, uh, for one, yep. that you know did a did a detective run with uh, with Dick as as Batman. And that's the thing. You're right. It could be like uh, uh, Thunderstrike as Thor kind of things in the '90s, where it's not you know the real Thor and stuff like that. But it but it really yeah. it became more interesting. First of all, because of Dick's relationship with Bruce over the years, and that he finally has to step into the shoes that he's never really wanted to do, and then two that you've got so you've got Batman's son, and you know you literally have uh, Gordon's son, and 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 the Joker, and so these three random elements. And I know Francesco handled a lot of um, the James the James Junior story, right? And then yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. yeah uh, Francesco did did well. They were, they just started it as backups, actually, right? And, um, 
and uh, and then I, I think I think the comic lost some pages or something. Or was it like you know, remember when comics got cold to twenty pages? Or yes. Or was there, 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 there was something. There was something happened, and, and, and we couldn't carry on doing the backups after maybe three issues or something. So then Scott thought, well, okay, we know we'll do you know, say three issues of me, and then two of Francesco. And, I see. And, and we'll do it, and, and we'll do it that way. But but you know, the genius, you know, the the, the you know the, the the genius move is, as you said earlier, you ran about sort of part ten of eleven. You know the stories sort of merge and collide, and 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 you realise that that was you know that was the thing all along. Sure. And that was that, that was such a clever move. And Francesco did you know his his um his art on on the backouts. It was so you know because the because the backouts were more sort of personal and emotional, I guess, rather than the, the you know the main the main storylines were a little bit more sort of action, uh, 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 I guess. And and but Francesco did such an amazing job, and then. You know, and then for us to kind of collide, and I think I think on on the last issue, or was it the issue before last? No, it was the last issue. You know, we we actually shared that issue. You know, and and, and did some pages each. So, yeah, it was just a, you know, it was just a, again, it was just a really really cool time, and and, and you know, sort of um, fortuitous. You know, I do, and no, honestly, one of one of the best runs. And I even had friends who again were interested in comics but weren't regular readers. And they're like, yeah, I heard about that. It's a Dick Grayson story. And I'm like, you got to read this, man. And then I could hand it to friends. And they're like, oh, God, this was really good. And they and they were really surprised. And again, um, both you and, and Francesco, the art and stuff, they're like, man, I just don't remember seeing comics that looked like this. And and I'm like, yeah, that's that's what's going on today is, is guys like you guys. I mean, that, that, that's, sorry, I was going to say, that's really cool to hear. Because, again, I think I said earlier, it's amazing that with, with, with comics you can – Kind of have a distinctive style, you know. I mean, like like Will says, you know, that there, there, there is a, there's lots of, there's been lots of kind of house styles and things like that over the years. But actually, you can just kind of, you know, have a kind of distinctive voice, I guess. You know, and there's you know guys today like you know like Sean Murphy or Francesco or sure. you know so, so many people that that you know that that they, they, they don't draw like anyone else. That they, they draw like themselves, you know. And I think I I love that about comics. I love it that you can, uh, you know, that you can do that and maybe. Maybe that does sort of remind me of, of even more like the 2008 years, you know, where you had just these amazing people doing doing their own stuff, you know. Absolutely. I want to talking about you and Francesco, and even actually uh, some of your scalp covers that you did over the years. Um, uh, you and Francesco, in particular, it seems the use of orange always uh, impresses me because I, I I don't know if it's because. Uh, coloring has advanced as much as it has, but it just seems like a lot of times. The palettes that you and and Francesco individually choose really makes your art pop in a way that it doesn't. And really looking through a lot of the cover images for you know from from the art book and everything really made me realize, oh, you know, look at that. There's there are these tones that sometimes I associate with Francesco, and, I, and I'm like, oh, look at that. Jack's doing these this stuff too. So yeah, talk yeah. talk about your color choice. Well, um, well, with scalps, which uh, which Will did edit, by the way. So yes. We can, we can, we can, <laughs> We'll get well back in the conversation, exactly. Yeah, exactly, um, but uh, yeah, yeah. I, mean, I, I, I guess I guess you're you're right that the that coloring has advanced. You know, as as you know, technology has has advanced. You know, and Photoshop is such a powerful tool now. Um, and and with someone like Scout, for example, uh, you know, the sort of warm oranges was 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 a kind of you know that maybe a kind of. 
Sure. I, I don't want to say an, an, an obvious choice, but it's definitely like a distinctive colour that we can use for that kind of story setting. And, and yeah, and you know, and those those colours are a little bit more painterly for me as well. So and then actually, orange is a very sort of rich, you know, rich colour. So uh, I probably did um, uh, have a bit of orange bias on on those on those scalped covers. I don't know. Will, do you remember? I actually think about it. I remember the, on that first cover, the first couple of sketches I sent, like Dash, the, the main character, was. You know, really saturated, like yellowy orange, you know, just as a kind of as a kind of tone yeah, there choice. Was a, to, there was a bunch of those, but then there were some pink ones too. You know, like oh yeah, deep reds. Choices, you know. That sure. I think that's probably what separates him from a lot of other artists is that the, you know the choices are bold. It's sort of the you know it's like he sends it in. A lot of times it'd be like, oh, I thought it might be. You know, he might send you two choices, but. There's one that's the obvious one, you know, and it's sort of, but it's the one that maybe he was not quite as, you know, like, oh, what do you think of this? Or is this going to work? Or, you know, like, he wouldn't send it in, like, ah, oh, this is the one, like, print it, motherfucker, you know, like, so, <laughs> I mean, like, just like, I don't know, I think this is the way to go with it, but, you know, then he might have the version that, you know, 99% of the other guys might have sent in, you know, which looked perfectly fine, but it just didn't have that, like, you know like the risk to it or the bite to it you know so you know i think there was a lot of that you know it was always just you know whatever seemed to suit that the i think there's weird colors weird thing because i feel like i would go through stages where i'd look at my color cover wall you know i'd have all like three months in a row of covers up for every book so you know you could have as many as 20 or 25 covers that you were looking at at any one time between printed and sketches and you know solicitation covers and they'd go through these weird stages where you were just like oh everything's blue this month like why did that happen i don't know you know like it was always a weird like we'd always were commenting on it like you know my assistants over the years you'd sit there and look at the cover wall where you were chatting meeting or whatever and it'd be like wow everything is really orange and pink this month you know and then next <laughs> month everything would be blue or it'd all be black and white with like a dash of color like i don't know it's just who the hell knows, but it's that weird, you know, sometimes you would just go through these phases where, or you'd see all the Vertigo covers and five out of six, you know, five out of ten would, would sort of have a similar palette, you know. Uh-huh. Uh, who the hell knows? I don't know. You know, I mean, it's a lot, maybe now it's easier to explain because people see what other people are doing and you know, some of these guys are like vomiting out this stuff all day long so you can <laughs> see whatever the hell they're doing all day long. But, you know, it was just like, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's, it, there's, there's weird it's definitely a thing that would happen a lot that we would comment on like on an editorial side that things would start to sort of go in these weird waves you know but it's true even my wife's an interior designer and there's it's true every year there's like a color that that's the color you know or it's fashion or whatever you know it's just that's the you know this is the color and I think companies like Pantone and like paint companies like they by the end of the year like essentially they have awards for like this was the color of the year and it's some you know funny purple color or some mulberry color whatever the heck it is some kind of chartreuse you know I don't know it's funny uh, color I'm kind of it's definitely a d- much deeper deeper discussion than than uh, you know I'm, I have the vocabulary for but you know I'm glad you said that because honestly people are like why don't you talk to Lauren Martin and why don't you talk to some of these other wonderful colorists and it's like because I don't have the vocabulary to have a, a really good conversation and I would say the same thing for lettering uh, you know mostly I let like a, a Chris Eliopoulos come on and say alright you tell me what you're doing because I don't even know how to begin to ask you what you're doing 
Uh, so yeah, in color. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I was like <laughs> over my head. I was like definitely in the deep end most of the time. <laughs> it was like a feel thing, you know. Like I didn't. For me, it was always just like a feel thing, you know. Like I just felt yeah, like okay, sure. that feels like the way to go, you know. I don't. I don't know why it does, but it it does, you know. So yeah, yeah that, 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 that's the thing. I mean, there are definitely, you know, there are kind of rules and there's color theory and various colors, you know, you know. Uh, suggest different emotions and there are all those kind of things but actually at the end of the day it's entirely subjective color you know it's like you know like will says is like do you do do you like it or do you not like it do you respond to it or do you not respond to it and uh, that that's that's what i go for when i'm when i work I, I literally have no idea what i'm doing when i'm starting a cover and i, and I just kind of like you know just you know find it along the way and sometimes you find it a really interesting way and other times it's a bit more hard, it's harder work to try and kind of pull it together and to try and you know get get something out of the image but um yeah the, 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 there aren't really any no, I'm, not, I'm not very conscious of it i guess what i'm saying you know if you're asking like what my approach is is, is i don't I, I, as even as the years go by I, I kind of try and think less and less about it and just think about uh funny enough what will says like how, how i feel about it really you know how, how you know what you know what's my nap how do I respond to it? Kind of thing. And that, that's you know, where those, where then the choices come from. I've got no idea. If you, if you can help me with that and get some colorists on, they can let me know <laughs> how, where, 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 why, but, uh, why that stuff goes that way. In the, to, in the book, you know, definitely in the book. Like, I mean, it, it's interesting to flip through the whole book and see, you know, that sort of like the the, the trends that you have or the choices that you make. Mm-hmm. Or, even you know the artists that you've admired over the years, you know, and the painters. Uh, some of that I think must come from more of like a painterly approach to that. Yeah. It's just sort of you know you're not technically approaching it quite the same way as other people. That it really is this sort of thing. And I've watched you do drawings and do drawings of paper and stuff. And uh, you know I don't know. It's, it is endlessly fascinating to see why you know how artists work or how you know how you work, how it just comes out or see it on the page and it's like I can't see it and like most people can't see it but like you can sit there and sort of see it and it's like I can see you doing it and I can see that you can kind of see it even though it's necessarily not there yet I mean I'm always fascinated by the way artists like draw where it's like I would just draw like I would start at the point of Batman's head and then I would draw down and I would across and I'd go back up the next point you know like I'm always interested to see artists when they're drawing and it's like you know, whether it's you or Jim Lee or whoever, and it's like, you know, I'll do a little here, and then I'm down in the lower left-hand corner, and then I turn the page sideways, and I'm doing, like, I'm always like, how in the hell are they doing that, you know, that there's no, like, I think an average person draws it the way you'd write it, almost, like, where, you know, you start in upper left, and you just go across and do it, you know, but it's like to see you guys actually work and stuff, it, it's sort of endlessly fascinating, you know, flipping the paper over and turn it upside down, and you know, like a little here, a little there, like it's very frenetic and kind of all over the place, you know, and then, yeah, but then, you know, it ends up coming out and then it gets to a certain point where you're like, well, I would stop here, but then you keep going, you know, or I would keep going and you stop and it's like, oh, you still there guys? Oh yeah, uh, you just, yeah, you're breaking up actually. Yeah, you dropped out for a second, Will. No, I just said it's an amazing to watch that, you know, process, like the actual drawing process because it's I can appreciate it but I have no I don't I don't have this ability to do it you know like sure. it's a completely foreign thing you know so anyway for whatever that's worth but no it's yeah, cool so we, I mean coming back to the book I guess is just that you know we tried to 
capture some of that in, in, in there, you know, whether oh, yeah. it's between the art that was selected or some of the descriptions or the interviews, whatever it is, like just, you know, I mean, Mike Walter did a great job of, there's a lot of process talk and that kind of stuff. And even if it doesn't always land, you know, in terms of, oh, this is why I did this, I think, you know, for a person who might be an aspiring artist or a person who just wonders how the hell this stuff gets done, you know, like it, I mean, hopefully there's stuff in there that people will find, you know, somewhat helpful or interesting. Or, Absolutely. You know, or whatever, you know. Oh, definitely. And that's the thing. I, I kind of don't want to... I'm glad you're saying this stuff because I don't want the interview to, you know, oh, well, I heard the interview. I don't need to buy the book. No, and I'm really glad, like, for instance, you're talking about the both the physical uh, process stuff that you have in the book and also, yeah, that, that a lot of what you include in the interviews and stuff kind of explains, you know, some of, some of Jack's choices and everything. And again, yeah, no, the art speaks for itself in terms of, you know, backing up what you guys talk about as far as process goes. So, no, that's, this is what's inspiring all these, you know, a lot of these questions and stuff. So, awesome. Cool. <laughs> well, and, um, and you got, you got, I just got a couple more things if you guys are cool for time. Are we, are we okay? I'm fine, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, fine. All right, moving on. Uh, <laughs> so, tell me about writing and drawing uh, Savage Wolverine. Oh, wow, well, uh, yeah, um... Yeah, that, that kind of came out of the blue, actually. Um, I mean, you know, literally the first bit of dialogue I, I ever wrote was in a Marvel Wolverine comic. So I would say that, uh, you know, on, on reflection, you know, um, uh, uh, I, I, I would love to do more, you know. Um, it was, it, it, do you know what, the most, thing, the, the, the thing about it is, is, um, is uh, normally I, I have a, a sort of, you know, an amount of angst about what I'm working on maybe let's say like 20% angst if I'm doing a cover or a post or whatever you know, there's always a part of me that's self-doubting and wondering if this could be better and, and you know blah 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 and when I worked on Savage Wolverine all, all that angst went on the writing and the drawing was just a total breeze it was amazing <laughs> it, it was it was, uh, it, it was uh, yeah I, I, you know um, just, just a, a, a pleasure to draw um but yeah, you know, it's something that, that I've, I've always uh, wanted to do is, is write and draw. So a lot of my favourite guys, you know, write and draw their own stories. And, you know, again, going back to the thing of comics having a kind of purer uh, uh, voice, you know, obviously if you're writing and drawing, that's, that's you know, that you're getting a pretty, you know, you're sort of mainlining the, the, the creator really there. And and so it's something that, that, that I'd love to do more of, basically. Um, you know, I've... I've uh, you know, it, it was great to get that opportunity, but it, but it literally just kind of scratched the surface. Sure. Well, and I was wondering, yeah. Well, it sounds like it was a good experience then, and you do want to do more. That's great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I'd love to. I mean, like I say, you know, it was a, it was a steep learning curve to be to be honest. Sure. Um, writing wise, but you know, but that's fine. That's 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 how it goes. Um, and uh, yeah, you know, it's great. I worked with uh, Janine Schaefer over 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 at Marvel and. Um, who was massively helpful and, and was very sort of supportive of kind of what I wanted to do. Because again, you know, it, she sort of said, you, you know, you've literally got, you can do whatever you want, and then drop the mic and go. And it was like, that, <laughs> that's quite an attractive prospect. So I sort of pit, pitched this kind of, you know, weird, sort of almost like a heavy metal kind of European yes. science fiction, f- futuristic story, you know, with, with Wolverine. And, and she was just like, yep, go for it. So uh, yeah, it, it was really great. No, it's always cool to see him outside of a, what would be a conventional environment for him and have putting him on another planet certainly helped. 
So yeah, it's, it's, it's you know like I feel like some of the, some of the concepts that I have, I, I just didn't have the writing chops to 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 put them down properly. Like the, the you know the whole the whole thing of setting in the future, the idea came from um, you know like Wolverine regenerates, right? You know, sure. He, he can uh, he essentially never die. So right. So, so 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 if you put him, let's say literally like a million years in the future you know all the all, all the other humans would have evolved to some degree around him you know i don't know what we're gonna look like in a million years or whether we're still gonna be here but let's say we are like all all the humans are gonna have evolved but he's still this small hairy aggressive <laughs> thing you know like he, he's he, he's literally gonna be the most you know he, he's already an outsider and, but if you put him in, in that environment he's literally gonna be the most kind of you know kind of uh um just singular, different, weird creature, you know, that, 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 that he already is. So, so, so that that was the concept. But um, I mean, you know, I, I didn't really, I, yeah, I, I didn't really really touch on that enough. But, but the one thing I wanted to do was actually kind of go back. Um, it, it feels like the story I did was like uh, Act One, you know, and, and Act Two was going to be they go to Earth, and that's when you know we, we find out where 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 the, where you know the human race has got to. You know, fantastic. So, uh, yeah, so you know, we'll see. But uh, yeah, no, it, it was good fun, like I say, and, and, and a really good opportunity, and it's something I'd like to do more for sure. That's cool. And uh, well, tell me about going back to witches now. Or, yeah, so, were you, um, and forgive me because I, I forget. It's been a, you know, I I read a ton of comics. Did you do sure. your, Did you do the first Dark with Scott as well? The, you, this is a co op. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Good. Yeah. 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 So, man, first yeah, of all, yeah, yeah. I talked to because I did talk to Scott about uh, the first Dark and everything, and. Uh, you know, again, another panel that came up over Cincy Comic Con weekend was a horror panel. How do you handle uh, horror from an art standpoint? An art standpoint when a lot of times it's sound. It's you know there is so yeah. much you can do with all the senses in a film or in television. Radio seems to be able to do it with sound. When it's silent, yeah. tell me about you know what choices you need to make to have an effective moment of horror. Well, there was, there's two things going on there, really, because to, to, I'm a big fan of horror movies, first starters. So when when Scott, you know, suggested a pure horror comic, I was kind of nervous because because there's nothing worse than badly done horror. <laughs> you know, right. You know, you, you know, it's like if it, if if it's a horror movie, but it's not horrific, you've you've so missed, you know, you've just missed, you know, the whole the whole. Yeah. You've really misfired. Sure. And so when so, so when Scott told me about it, I was kind of nervous. But um, and, and you're right, it is it, it's very hard to do in a comic because because uh, in, in a movie, you know, the, the, the movie has has the has the, the viewer, you know, you know, the, the movie dictates what speed they're seeing through. Right. That they're seeing things, you know, the pace that things are happening, the sound, as you say. With a comic, anyone can can put it down and you know look out the window or turn the page <laughs> or, or, or you know they you know they can literally do anything else. So they control so, the pace. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. So so so, 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 so how, how do you make that you know into a kind of a creepy you know experience like a sort of a, a horrifying experience and you know uh, but i mean scott, again scott is such a great writer i i, I had faith and and you know art wise you know, i think i i, I sort of again didn't think about it too much i, I tried to just um uh, respond to what uh, scott was writing and that you know there's some you know you can do some weird angles and you know and shadows eerie shadows that don't quite you know they don't quite follow the the, the, the rules as it were like when when, when there's when there's a eerie sequence you can just play around with light you know in a, in a different way and things like that so there were things 
that I was trying. But um, uh, but one of the nicest things is that a lot of people said that it genuinely scared them, and like that's amazing. You know that that is that is, that is so uh, such a you know considering from going in and being nervous about about that very thing whether we'd be able to do that you know the fact that that some people found it scary is is, is great so uh, yeah but you know again scott's you know he's he's, he's so good and, and the, the the setting obviously the woods and the, the trees you know lends itself to, to some creepy stuff and then and then matt hollingsworth came in with this you know just crazy coloring which you know, we, we had kind of two or three back and forths of, of, of sample pages he'd send me some some colors and you know and, and they look really good i mean he's obviously you know he's one of the best in the world and but they were kind of quite regular and i said you know what i just want i don't know just something a little bit off kilter something maybe there's like one strong color that pops you know in scenes or maybe there's you know you know i, I was just trying to push him into trying to just just to get something a little bit more unique and then i think probably he was probably fed up with me by this point and just sent me this page with all these kind of kind of kind of spatters and and color and 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 it was just like you know i mean it, it's extreme but i was just like i don't know what what you've done there but like that is is doing exactly what you know what i was trying to get at. it's it's unique it's kind of interesting and different and you know it, it, it seems to polarize people the coloring and i've spoken to so many people that that absolutely love it and i've spoken to some people as well who kind of you know that they say that it's kind of visually a bit sort of um uh kind of uh, uh sort of throws them off kilter but but that's sort of what, what i like about it is that you know it makes some of the panels kind of when we're in the woods and in the, you know in the tree sequence and it makes some of the panels it's almost kind of you know hard to read and stuff which which kind of adds to the the viewer hopefully not being not sure what they're looking at you know and, and sure. then, you know and, and if we've got a witch so witches around the corner creeping up on you that that that's quite an effective tool so yeah so it's, it's a combination really and, and yeah matt's colors are, are, are a massive part of the kind of the visual the visual look to it which which you know ended up kind of you know you know making the book work i guess or that, not work for some people i don't know <laughs> keeps people off balance no i get it and i think that's again yeah. I, well you know i like I like challenging comics. I like a comic well, that me too. you know, yeah, that and it should it should challenge you, and you should spend as much time with it as as it, it needs to be. And especially, I mean, the great thing is, you guys, when you do create your own stuff, you're mindful to keep the price down. But that's the thing. I mean, as as Marvel and DC flirt with four ninety nine for twenty pages, it's like, well, this fucker better be like really special. Because and I mean you know really I mean hey let's be honest I'll start Batman at five bucks a, a pop and you know it's like okay I mean you know that's you guys are setting the price and certainly Batman is is an easy gamble but I think you know with with image books and stuff um, I love the back matter that that a lot of uh, the teams are putting in and uh, and I just think too that yeah the story itself should be challenging and something you want to spend time with sure yeah and, and as a point with the pricing as well you know we, yeah we we, we yeah, we did it for two ninety nine for like yeah. Really 30, well, it was thirty pages of story and 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 the trade at nine ninety nine as well. Absolutely. You know, we, we we had lots of back and forth about that, but we just wanted to try and you know get it in people's hands, you know, because because like you know it's, it's essentially and you know it's the equivalent of like an independent horror movie. It's like that's not everyone's cup of tea kind of thing, you know. So we so anything we can do just to make it more accessible and to make people think, well, do you know what? I'll I'll, I'll give, this, give this a go. We kind of went for you know so. Um, so you know, so the Salen to, to get the response. I mean, you know, the sales for number one as well were were, were, were crazy. I think it was like a hundred thousand or something. Which, again, for a, for a little weird horror, dark horror comic, that that that's you know that that was 
amazing. And, and again, you know, one of the things I love about comics, you know, you can do something like that and, and, and it gets kind of, you know, for want of a better word, kind of accepted, you know, people people are interested in it. And, you know, that, that's pretty amazing. Will, are, are you editing witches? <laughs> no, they're good. All right. <laughs> no. <laughs> Say it again. No. Yeah, no, I don't, no, I'm not editing it. I don't know. You guys have an editor on it. Uh, yeah, yeah. We, 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 on, on the first start, we had uh, David Brothers at uh, Image. Yeah. Oh, oh yes, okay. I do remember that. Excuse me. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I feel bad when I don't give guys credit, you know, for yeah doing that stuff. So yeah, that's sorry about that, David. If you happen to be listening, I apologize because no, it's cool. <laughs> it's good. Um, well, and also um, something you guys get into in the art book is uh, you doing conceptual art for films. Sure. And yeah, tell, talk about that difference. The only other artist I've ever talked about doing conceptual art was Tim Bradstreet when he did it back on uh-huh. the uh, on the Punisher movie with Thomas Jane ten years ago. Sure, yeah, yeah. Well, um, uh, yeah, I kind of fell into it by accident, really. I, I, um, uh, Peter Berg was who was the original. He wrote the first draft of the Losers movie, and he was originally going to be directing it. And and, and we met him uh, when when he was working on that and. Although he didn't end up directing it, we, we sort of stayed in touch, and, and the various films that he worked on after that, he, you know, I'd, I'd often do a, a bit of artwork for him because he, he really liked liked my stuff. Luckily enough, um, so sure. Hancock, I did a, a poster for him, and, and he actually, it, it was yeah, I, I did this kind of this fly poster for Hancock, and uh, which they put up around like New York and, and LA, and, and I woke up one Sunday morning to like a message on my mobile phone an email and a text all from Pete saying like call me call me kind of thing uh, and, you know and this is like New York Times so it was, they were all at like 4am and, <laughs> and I get up Sunday morning and there's all this stuff from Pete I'm like well what is this and, and it just turns out that he's seen my posters around New York and, 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 and really loved them but but I'd heard that he was working on uh, Dune you know uh, Frank Herbert's adaptation of Frank Herbert's novel Dune yes um, so, so I just mentioned to him oh, oh you know are you, are you doing Dune and he goes, yeah. Do you want to do some artwork for it? And I was like, yes, I do. Yeah, that would be wow. amazing. So um, uh, I ended up doing six weeks on on June, uh, which you know, which was like more painted conceptual work, which is kind of closer to to my you know how I started out. Really, a more painterly kind of approach rather than more graphic kind of comic stuff. Um, and then just as just as June was 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 finishing, like I said I did six weeks. I read online that the new Dread movie was was being sort of uh, a greenlit, you know, was in active production, and because of because I just literally been painting concept imagery, I, I did three images uh, of Dread. Obviously, I'm a big fan of Dread. I've worked on Dread, and yeah, and uh, you know, you know, basically for fun, and I, I put one of them online, um, and I had two others online on like a directory online, and. and io9 the website uh, found all three images and threw them up as a news story that they were official concepts out from the new dread movie that was in production and i was like oh my god this is really bad this is really bad you know and and and, and then you know ain't it cool and slash film and all, you know it basically every movie site posted my my images as official art from from the from, from the movie and i was you know Again, yeah, this is the, that's 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 not that's not good. And, the, and 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 I got an email from one of the producers saying, "Can you call us, please?" And I was like, "Oh, oh no, no. This is really, really bad. <laughs> this is really bad." Uh, so so I called him, and um, uh, yeah, they had seen seen my images. Uh, well, well, one thing about one thing actually, but all, all all the news stories 
seemed very positive. You know, that they all seemed to really want a good Dread movie because they didn't like the Stallone version. Sure. And 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 you know, and they thought that that my images represented, you know, you know, maybe a, a more promising sort of direction or whatever. So 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 that's I was really good. But I got this email, and obviously I was kind of like, you know, dialing the number, kind of panicking, like, what's this guy going to say? You know, he, he's, he's my lawyer. We're suing you, whatever. But but no, you know, they, they, they had seen the images um, and did I want to go up for a meeting uh, with you know to talk about maybe, maybe working on the actual film. Wow. So that's so that that's how it went. And then you know, and, and I worked very closely with uh, the guys at DNA and Alex Alex Garland on on Dread. And then Alex called me when he was working on Ex Machina, and um, you know had had a. a so six weeks of just uh, coming up with 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 Ava, you know, the robot from Ex Machina, yeah. Jimmy and Alex working working together again before before the movie was greenlit or anything. It was just a kind of you know, he he had this script and 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 would I be interested in trying to work out you know how this thing was going to look visually? So uh, um, you know, and, and Ex Machina has gone on to quite rightfully you know be, be you know really well received. Oh yeah, you know, it, it, it actually won an Oscar for visual effects, you know, which obviously Ava was a massive part of. So, um, yeah, you know, and and, 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 and I did Battleship as well with Pete again. Yes. I just finished on, on uh, just finished on Star Wars 8 as well. So, so Hey, wow, that's great, man. The, 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 the you know, the, the, yeah, just throw that in. <laughs> <laughs> oh, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> but like, no, but what I mean, but, but, it, but it's turned out, though, it wasn't deliberate, as well as, you know, alongside comics, you know, you're working on the movie stuff as, 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 proven a big you know a, a big part of, of, of my work in life so it's great you know i, I really like having the balance because it, it, it is a different there's a different mentality and a different approach but it can make you know makes you flex slightly different muscles i guess yeah but um I, I really enjoy doing both things so yeah yeah i feel very lucky well i'm glad they're in the bard book as well because uh yeah i i I think uh, really interesting stuff, and again, yeah, you know, a different a different uh, example of your style in a different format. So uh, no, I you know the jo- yeah. go ahead, yeah, please. You know, the, I was going to say we, you know, we, we try again with the book. You know, we, we try we, we you know we sort of thought long and hard about what to include, and, and we've got like the comic section, we've got a poster section, which has. Uh, you know, a ton of Mondo posters that, that have basically never been republished because Mondo just do them as limited prints and then they're gone. Sure. And, 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 and then we do have the the movie section as well, which has X Machina and a big section on X Machina, a big section on Dread and things. So, you know, we try to put as, as, as much in there as we could. So ho- hopefully, uh, you know, it's um, of interest to someone. <laughs> no, I think so. A great. Seriously, the book, the art book has turned out great. Is it will? Is it out now? Is it is it available now? It comes out on the twentieth, so uh, next September twentieth. Yeah. Okay. Next Tuesday. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it, it was definitely a thrill for us, and I mean, we were really lucky. We got like Jim Lee does the does do the intro, and Peter Berg did the forward, and Scott did the afterward, and you know, the companies were really generous with like giving us the permissions for stuff. I mean, guys, like you know, we'd be remiss if we didn't mention something like. You know, our, our good friend of ours, Jack Mahan, who works at DC Comics for years, he, yep. you know, he was instrumental in getting like the DC stuff. Because without the DC stuff, is DC is generally pretty reticent about, you know, giving stuff for this because they do their own books and they Certainly. don't necessarily know what you're going to do with this stuff and whatever. And you know, without that, like we didn't really have a book. So you know, yeah. guys like that that really came through. And but you know, this is based on them, you know, long relationships and trusting us that we weren't going to you know, 
screw it up too badly and you know a lot of stuff I mean the guys at Mondo um, Tim and Justin Eric and a bunch of those guys that you know all work there and yeah, they've been terrific you know it's just been a completely like uh, you know I don't know there were different points when the book didn't seem like it was going to happen and then it, it did happen and then Insight kind of came in and said that they wanted to do it and so it became this joint thing so yeah so the the regular book or I should say regular but the the, the, the mass market book comes out on Tuesday um, but Jack you're going on a little mini tour yeah. around the UK signing tour yeah yeah, the UK and Ireland. I'm going to London, Glasgow, uh, Manchester, Dublin, um, and then down to France as well. Not not for the book, but straight that weekend as well with uh, Urban Comics, who, who prints uh-huh. our stuff over in France. So it's like, um, yeah, like I was chatting to my friend uh, Lee Garber the other day, who's only I came up to San Diego with Lee this year, and he's only flown about five times. And I think I'm going to be flying more times in that week than he's kind of ever, ever flown in his life. So. <laughs> It's, uh, yeah, you know, it's, it's good though. But I, I, I mean, the, the, the response to the book has, has has been so good. Like you know, normally I've got like a you know a Batman book to hide behind, or, or sure. you know, a witches or something. And this is kind of just me. So it's, it's so you know, I feel really grateful that that um, that uh, people are, you know seem to be really interested in it. And just on a personal note, as well, I just want to say that obviously it will has really been instrumental in in, in so much to my career, and it's uh, I'm I'm so. Um, happy that, that he's that he's written this book because uh, you know it, it, it means an awful, awful lot to me that this book is out so you know and and, and like will says the relationships that we've that we've had and, and with with everyone with people guys at mondo i'm um yeah i'm, I'm very proud right now oh i got a bit emotional there guys sorry <laughs> <laughs> no that's awesome dude you've made your mark and i'm really excited that you know now it, it's time for an art of book of yours because uh, it was clearly easy to to fill this stuff with uh, incredible images, amazing stories, great process pieces as well. So no, your time your, your time came a long time ago, Jack. It's everyone's catching up with it now. As far as really, you know, like you said, you you hide behind good projects. No, no, no. You make good projects, and and you're a huge part of why these projects are so good. So it's well deserving. When uh, I, I did just see you in San Diego, and will. Uh, when uh, and uh, not to rush you back to the states, but uh, it was that it for uh, this year as far as you being in uh, the states or any uh, anything coming up that you? Uh, I'm, I'm going to be at MondoCon in, in Austin in, in October. Cool. Uh, yeah, the guys at Mon- the, yeah, the guys at Mondo started doing doing a show one show a year, and this is the third year, and um, uh, it's great. You know, I mean, those guys, you know, they're, they're they're the best, and 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 the show reflects that as well as you know, there's movie screenings and posters and you know amazing collectibles and toys and stuff it's 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 and austin's an amazing place so uh yeah i'm, I'm going for my third year there but beyond that that that's that's the only other show i've got this year okay man no worries and when does witches come back uh i'm speaking to scott in the morning literally tomorrow morning and, and he's and he's starting writing it so uh, okay so uh soon Basically, very, very soon. Like, yeah, I, I mean, I mean, the, the, the delay is is my fault because I've I've had the uh, other projects and I've been sure. away from home working. So, um, so uh, yeah, but we, we, you know, we're literally starting it. Uh, 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 like, you know, in the next few weeks, I'm going to start drawing it. So, because it's been a, it's, it's it's been a long time coming. So, I'm really looking forward to working on it. Wonderful. And your issue of All Star Batman. When when is that coming out? Uh, 
that's issue six, I think. Okay. So, um, you know, a couple uh, months, a few months. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Excellent, man. Well, again, uh, September 20th for the art of jock and, uh, certainly go to your, uh, local comic stores if, uh, to, to catch up on any, uh, great jock projects, whether it's the losers or Savage Wolverine or uh, Green Arrow Year One, uh, some of these other wonderful things. And, the, I mean, well, like you said, I, I guess the Mondo posters, you'll have to see what's still in print and, and what's out of print. Uh, but, uh, no, great body of work and uh, a wonderful conversation, guys. I really appreciate you coming on. And uh, both of you. continue. Thank you. Yeah, truly, continued success. I, uh, I hope you'll both come back because I enjoy talking to both of you. Thanks, Thanks man. man. It's been really supportive of all the books all along and all the guys that we work with, so thank you for that. Appreciate it. That's Will Dennis and Jock. The Art of Jock is available uh, for pre-order, but it comes out tomorrow, uh, and you can pre-order it now at Amazon.com, but uh, it will be available on Tuesday as well. But what the hell? You're listening to me now? Pre-order it, Amazon.com. And if you can, go through the Word Balloon portal and really take advantage of it, and uh, I get a little kickback for that. So uh, I hope you enjoyed the conversation today with Jock and Will. Uh, I certainly did. It was all brought to you by uh, InStock Trades and InStockTrades.com. There are other great deals happening at InStock Trades. I give you all the Jock uh, deals that are going on now at InStock Trades. How about other things like uh, Ed Brisson has an amazing crime book uh, called Violent, and uh, the first volume is Blood Like Tar, and that is uh, Ed Brisson and Adam Gorham and Michael Garland, all part of The Violent. The first volume is 50% off. It's just $4.99. You can also get the Fixed Trade Paperback Volume 1, another great crime comic from Nick Spencer and Steve Lieber. Big fan of theirs. I love their work on Superior Spider-Man. I love a lot of things that Nick writes. I like a lot of things that uh, Steve Lieber draws. And it's great to have them back together again When where Beagles Dare is Volume 1 of The Fix. Uh, 50% off, again, $4.99. You can also get things like Uncanny Avengers, Unity Trade Paperback, The Man Who Fell to Earth. That's from Jerry Duggan and Ryan Stegman. And uh, that wonderful book is 42% off. It's just $10.43. You can also get Scalped, the hardcover book, Volume 5. And uh, that deluxe edition is 45% off and only $16.49. Some of the great deals that are happening at InStockTrades.com. I told you before about the jock deals and uh, lots of great deals. Remember, if you uh, spend $50 or more, you receive free shipping. And uh, they make it easy because you'll find great prices for great books. InStockTrades.com. Thanks again for listening to Word Balloon today. More great content coming up in the days ahead. Uh, I've, I've got uh, interviews in the can coming your way from uh, Brian Bendis and Rick Remender. And even have a couple other uh, conversations scheduled for this week. And others that have been promised and we just haven't made the connection yet. So I don't want to give any other names until uh, I finally got them in the can. In addition to five hours of uh, Cincy Comic-Con panels coming your way featuring uh, the 100 Bullets uh, uh, creators, uh, Brian Azzarello, Eduardo Riso, and Dave Johnson. A great one-on-one with Brian Azzarello. A great one-on-one with Marty Pasco. Uh, a creators panel featuring Ryan Brown, Jim, Br- Jim Rugg, Sarah Dyer. Uh, Alexis uh, Zerdi, uh, just really interesting conversation that I was so happy to have at Cincy Comic Con. Happy to share it with you. Great writers panel with Jason Latour, Brian Azzarello, and Dennis Hopeless. So uh, good stuff on the way. 
I promise. Uh, Patreon uh, subscribers will get the first crack at it. But all that is still coming up for the Word Balloon audience. New York Comic Con is coming. I will be there. I won't have a table, but I'll be uh, milling about Artist Alley and hopefully getting to panels if I can uh, uh, walk over and uh, make it in time to make some of these panels. Some of that stuff's even off-site, too. I don't know how the hell they're going to do it. It's going to be very interesting at uh, the New York Comic Con this year, and I'm happy to be in the thick of it. It's kind of like living on apocalypse, and you always see those kind of chaotic scenes of all the all the people, uh, you know, worshiping Darkseid, but the throngs of those uh, mindless people. That's kind of how I feel when I go to uh, New York Comic Con. Don't get me wrong; it's a great show, but uh, we are jammed in a tin can. Uh, that's what the Javits Center is, and that's why they've had to try to expand in the last couple years. Uh, but it's interesting; they got stuff going on at the Garden. They have stuff going on at the uh, Hammerstein Ballroom. Um, I don't know how it's going to all work out, but I, like I said, I'm, I'm glad to be a part of it and hear firsthand from uh, attendees what they think of all this. So uh, looking forward to giving you that feedback and more from uh, New York Comic Con in the weeks ahead. Until next time, thanks for listening. Word Balloon, is a co- Word Balloon is a copyright feature of Shaky Productions. I'm speaking in tongues. Copyright 2016.